Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Lucas. And we are two aspiring filmmakers making unnecessary commentary on famous movies. Each week, we will randomly select a film to analyze, discuss, and review. We will select the film at the end of each podcast, so you will have ample time to watch the movie before the next episode. We are slightly qualified film students. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode. Tenth episode. Slightly qualified films. Hey, ten. Wow. And uh, with our tenth episode, we are probably doing the most prestigious film we've done yet, or at least the uh, most widely known. Uh, this this movie very famous. This movie, movie. is very famous. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a great film from nineteen ninety eight. Uh, won two Oscars, starring some very well known people. Um, a young Matt Damon, mm-hmm. a very young, very honestly kind of weird to watch Ben Affleck, um, and Robin Williams, obviously the late great <laughs> legend. Um, so I'll just pull up the plot summary real quick. Will Hunting, a genius in mathematics, solves all the difficult mathematical problems. When he faces an emotional crisis, he takes help from psychiatrist Dr. Sean, uh... M- oh. <laughs> what? I I still don't know how to pronounce it. Um, it's like Maguire toe because on his on his mailbox it just says Maguire, so I don't know why it adds the toe here. It's, yeah, Doctor Sean Maguire. Doctor Sean Maguire. Maguire two who helps him recover. But uh, yeah, so basically you know Matt Damon's a genius. He knows everything pretty much. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it, you know he struggles with that. And uh, it's just a, it's a, yeah. it's a fun watch. It's really entertaining and funny, and great ensemble cast. And it's a yeah, it's a good movie. Like it's a it's a really good movie. I think this is um, I don't know. It, I mean, I watched it. This is my third time watching it, but the last time I watched it was a while ago. Like I don't know, five years ago probably now. So um, it's just it's even though I've seen it before and I know the whole s- plot and like. I feel like a lot of people look at this movie and don't real or don't think it's going to be very entertaining because it is very dialogue heavy. It's very much um, mostly just like two characters interacting with each other. Not a lot. And it's like, pretty long. Happens. It's it's two hours and seven minutes. Yeah. But it keeps like it's just very entertaining the whole time because I I don't know you're in it with these characters you're mm-hmm. very captivated and yeah it's like it's it's just it's like a tarantino film where they're long but the dialogue is just so captivating that you're in every scene and you're like you're just having fun watching the movie yeah and that's um that's just like beautiful writing i mean this film was nominated for nine academy awards um unfortunately it was was absolutely the titanic yeah absolutely robbed for best picture i think um titanic kind of sucks i would I would 100% have given Goodwill Hunting best picture over the Titanic. For sure. Like, um... Oh, that's because, so Because, I mean, upsetting. even if you... You look at the nominations that year, Titanic, sure, of course, it, it was nominated and won all of the, like, technical stuff, like sound, editing, you know, uh, visual effects, all of that kind of stuff. But, I mean... This film was nominated for the more prestigious stuff, the screenplay, 
um, all the acting awards, right? It got Best Supporting Actress, Best Actor, and Best Supporting Actor nominations. And it just feels like a more Best picture film instead of just choosing the big, huge um, blockbuster hit movie. Yeah. As they did that year. And, and, I mean, Goodwill Hunting has quite a large budget, but it's, you know, it's spent mostly on actors. I mean, every... Really, every member of the cast is uh, a big name, you know, I guess with the exception of maybe Mini Driver and uh, Stellan Skarsgård, but they they play more minor characters. Stellan Skarsgård was huge. Yeah. Stellan Skarsgård is huge. Uh, But Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were nobodies when this film came out, you have to remember. Even though they're huge names now, no one knew who they were at the time. That is true. This was like their first... This was their first kind of entrance into Especially Hollywood. Ben Affleck. Like, Ben Affleck, he just... Oh, it's so weird looking at a young Ben Affleck. He's... <laughs> it just looks wrong. It, uh, it's, it just looks wrong. And his... um, And Casey Affleck is, his brother. is also in this. Yeah, I Casey thought Casey Affleck. Affleck was really funny in this. Yeah, he's super funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, overall thoughts, it's just, it's a good movie, and I, I'm telling you right now, if you haven't seen Good Will Hunting, go watch it right now, because it's one of those movies I just feel like everyone needs to watch yeah, at some totally. point in their life. And I think and, it's very, um, a, like, everybody could watch this, you know, this isn't a... Yeah. Like, Enemy, uh, I feel like 90% of people would not like it, but, but this, everybody yeah. can like this. Right? I think this is, a, yeah, everyone's gonna like Good Will Hunting. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, hop into, um, our standout scenes. Yeah, why don't, why don't you go first? I'm interested to hear what yours is. Okay, well, I wrote a few down. Me too. I mean, I think there's some obvious, obvious ones. Yeah, like that, the um, improvised wife f- farting one is the, probably the most <laughs> infamous scene from this film, I think. Yeah, and the it's not your fault scene, obviously, is yeah. kind of like that the huge payoff. climatic moment yeah um so i chose um i chose the argument scene between will and skylar in yeah. her dorm room um i love that scene because not only is it um saying a lot about will's character and his kind of um attachment issues and insecurity and uh, difficulty with like change and all that uh, sort of stuff but it's also just a really realistic um, argument in the mm-hmm. fact that it's how it's written and how it's performed I mean the performances in that scene are just phenomenal but um, even just how it's written and how the how that scene paces out like it starts off very calm uh, it kind of explodes and then it goes back down goes up again and uh, a lot of argument scenes in movies aren't able to capture like what a real argument looks like because if you if you you know when you have an argument with someone in real life it's very much like up and down you Mm -hmm. know it's not just like crescendo the entire time You, you have like your your moments of striking and then your moments of calming down and then you're back at it and then at some point it kind of just breaks and a lot of movies don't do that. They just it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds, and that's not a very realistic argument. So yeah. I really like how this this uh, scene kind of played out. It's also just like a really um, 
interesting style. It's also one of the only scenes in this movie that they decided to shoot completely handheld, which is kind of cool, stylistic looking, especially from films back then in the 90s, where, especially 90s, where handheld wasn't something yeah, no. that you did a whole lot. It was the indie, it so, was the indie it, you know, it's doing that. Yeah. It's. I just really like that scene, and I think mm. that it's just a super impressive um, scene, writing and performance-wise. I think. Okay, I kind of had. I was like picking between two uh, scenes, both which are Matt Damon and Robin Williams, or Sean and Will interacting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The first one I thought was really amazing was Robin Williams' monologue at the Swan Pond. Oh yeah. Thing. Yeah. But, you know, that, that, that was a bit of a, a shorter scene. So instead I went with when Robin Williams is telling Will the story of how him and his wife Nancy met. And, he, you know, about the Red Sox game. Love it. I just, oh, it's, totally. it's so funny. And the performances are really great because just because of how they, they just act so normal. Like, you know, Will becomes a, mm-hmm. a real person and they're just, you know talking about sports and mm-hmm. what he would have done and it's just it's just a funny moment but you know also a very important moment because robin williams is basically telling will that he needs to you know realize that he can't let mm-hmm. skyler pass because he'll regret it um and you know he's talking about how yeah. he doesn't regret anything and yeah i just really love the ups and downs of that scene as well how <laughs> You know, they start off mm-hmm. in this, like, intense argument, and then they bring up the Red Sox, and then they're buddy-buddy, and then it goes back to basically being <laughs> passive-aggressive at each other. And that's kind of how a lot of their interactions go, and I just, I love the way the screenplay mm-hmm. does that, but... I, yeah. I also love the editing. That scene's also edited. Yeah. Yeah, The cuts yeah. between Robin Williams acting out the baseball, you know, mm-hmm. what what was happening in the game, and then they cut to footage from it. It's... I don't, it's just a good scene yeah it's really cool yeah so yeah, I, totally. I guess with those out of the way lucas said we have some questions today we do uh we got a fair amount of audience questions nice um i'll start off with the questions that have to do with the movie and then i'll do the question i think there's only one question that is more personal um All right so the first question is um, asking, it's very similar to what we just did, um, but it's basically asking what is our favorite scene only looking at the writing. So mm. if we ignore every other aspect of the film, what's our favorite scene purely due to the, to the writing? Ah, uh, that's tough. Mm. I mean, I like... I think a lot of the Will and you could really pick any scene with Will and Sean and say that it's really well written just because of the dynamic they have, um, which is very Mm -hmm. just escalating snappy remarks at each other and then changing topics, basically trying to get the other person to to break. But honestly, I'd say my favorite scene to watch play out is in the scene where Will first meets Skylar at the bar. um, And they're like having an argument with the Harvard student. I I think that scene is really well written. Just the the way all the characters are playing off each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Will and this Harvard dude are just 
trying to outsmart each other. Like, I think yeah. that that scene's underrated. So I'll go with that one as my best written. Uh, this is one of those films I feel like you can take any scene in the movie and argue why it's the best written scene in the film. Yeah. Um, I, I personally... Um, I'm going to choose, like, the first interaction between Will and Robin Williams' character, Sean. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I, I, I'm just choosing that because it's more, like, back-and-forth dialogue instead of m- more of the other therapy scenes are more, like, monologues, more um, mm-hmm. telling stories to one another. Yeah. Where this one's more of back-and-forth. They're kind of feeling each other out. It kind of feels like this battle of wits, Literally, you know? Literally, yeah. It um, feels like a sword da- fight. Uh, yeah. Matt Damon is trying to, like, kind of uh, play around with him. He's trying to get into Robin Williams' head. He's trying to find the things that are going to trigger him. And Robin Williams, you can tell he's also trying to figure out what he's doing, and he's trying to balance it out and trying to come back. And it it, it feels like this really artistic duel, um, and I kind of love that. And that's purely – well, it's also performances, but most of that is due to the writing. So yeah. I'm going to choose that scene for that question. Um, our next question is about, uh, it's more about the directing of the film. So Gus Van Sant, who's the director of this film, yeah. they asked, um, how do you think Gus Van Sant's uh, created diverse methods to tell a story that could have otherwise been quite boring or flat? Damn. I whoever, don't, whoever wrote I that don't know. question, I, you, uh, you impress me. <laughs> yeah i mean i guess at its essence this film is uh honestly fairly simplistic you know there's like obviously there's a lot of direction but it's it's mostly Mm -hmm. direction um to the actors i guess uh yeah so i don't know like uh Well, Gus Van Sant, he's a very talented director. He's he's made some really fantastic films. Yeah. Um, and I think that the biggest part of making this film entertaining is that you're creating characters that just they they feel like real people, mm-hmm. even though we're 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 um, following this like crazy genius. So even though it's not the most realistic thing in the world, they still feel very real. And I think this is a lot of this, especially between Sean and um, Will, their scenes. It's very much that it's about the director just being calm, relaxed. And I know Gus Van Sant is a very like mellow guy. And it's just relaxing and letting the actors feel like they're just having a conversation. Not, you know, not on edge, not trying to think about their next line, but just feel very relaxed having a conversation with one another. And and it Um, does produce even some improvised moments too, like the infamous wife farting. Yeah. Which I I think that's cool. Just letting the actors have fun with it. Yeah, let them interpret the script how they will. Especially when you have so many, like, talented actors, very talented actors, you're able to kind of step off the wheel a bit um, and just... Just let them let them have fun. Let them play around, and and it shows. I mean, it's just fun to watch. And the dialogue is more rough. You know, characters are you know, saying um a lot, and you know, kind of using uh, I don't know swear words as 
filler words. You know, this isn't over-directed. They need to get their lines perfect. This is, you know, them taking the script and taking their characters, but then as each actor feels, you know, talking like they think they would actually talk, which, yeah, it just gives the whole film that that you know that realistic edge which yeah makes it entertaining totally yeah okay so we got two more questions the next two are well one sort of about the film um so we'll do this one so this one's just let's talk about robin williams so what are our uh personal thoughts what do we think is his best movie and what do we think is his best performance so what what's our favorite Robin Williams movie and also what is our favorite Robin Williams performance? My favorite Robin Williams movie. Jeez. Um like I think I'll go with Dead Poets Society as my favorite Robin Williams movie. Um mm-hmm. I just sure. I really like that movie a lot. But I don't know if it's his best performance per se. I don't know. What do you? I honestly think this is his best yeah, performance. Yeah, I I'd go between. I, this I would say Sean and yeah. like maybe Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, Mrs. Doubtfire is definitely not my favorite movie no, of Robin Williams. No, absolutely not. Um, I actually really like Good Morning Vietnam also. Yeah, good. Um, I haven't seen that, but I definitely know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I do think that this is his best performance. Um, yeah, and I think Dead Poet Society is my favorite Robin Williams movie, though. Overall, I think yeah, I like. Fair, I just like enough. it more than this. I don't even know if I would say it's better, but it's just my preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think Goodwill Hunting is his best performance, but if we're not including it, because I would I would say Dead Poet Society, um, favorite movie. I don't know. I haven't seen Dead Poet Society in a long time. Um, don't really remember it all that well. Um, so I'm gonna say Good Morning Vietnam. But I also think Goodwill Hunting is also one of my favorite movies, so it's definitely up there. But Bro, what about Night at the Museum? Because that's kind of. I mean, yeah, but does that really compare? No. I love Night at the Museum, I, I, I hate do. that movie. Really? The first one? I, dude, I haven't seen them since I was, like, eight, but I just remember not well, yeah, really yeah, being like, the biggest fan. I like the first one. It's fun. Mm. Once again, I'm okay with fun movies that have no depth. I'm not. No, I'm kidding. I don't even remember why I don't <laughs> like it. Yeah, hopefully that answers um, the question. Okay, yeah. Dead Poets Society. I, is that on the wheel? Hope I think <laughs> it should be on the wheel. Dead Poets. I'd I don't like think to it is. It. We'll put it on the wait list. Okay. Yeah, throw it on the wait list. Um, okay, last question. Uh, this one's just personal. Who Who is our favorite actor? Uh, I'll say Pretty, Bill uh, Murray. Bill some... Murray's my favorite actor. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> uh, I'm a Wes Anderson <laughs> man. And therefore, you know, Bill Murray, he's in a lot of those films. I also, you know, I thought Scrooge, you know, during our Christmas special, I had my ballot for Scrooge, you know, Ghostbusters, whatever, (laughs) his non-Wes Anderson stuff. 
Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just think he's a great actor. If not him, maybe Jake Gyllenhaal or something. If we're going for more yeah. dramatic. Uh, who's your favorite female actor? My favorite female actress. Hmm. Uh, that's a... Uh, maybe like Angelica Houston or... I don't know, maybe, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, that's a tough question for favorite actor, because I've, I've seen a lot of things, and there's yeah, a lot of, there's so many, like, now, now that I'm even thinking about Bill Murray, I don't know, like, I'd say in general, I, you know, I'd say Angelica Houston for female actress and Bill Murray for male mm-hmm. actor. My Wes Anderson bias coming in. Royal Tenenbaums people. And uh, <laughs> Life Aquatic as well. But of yeah, course, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even like Tilda Swinton, bro. I love Tilda Swinton. I'd, yeah, I do love Tilda Swinton also. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think my favorite, my favorite actor is Daniel Day-Lewis, but since he's retired now, um, I'm going to say my favorite working actor is Jake Gyllenhaal. There we go. Um, Because I I just like his range, and I like like his film selection. He always chooses good movies. Um, And then I think my favorite female actor is, uh, yeah, uh, Frances McDormand, maybe? Mm. Daniel Day-Lewis, though. Can we talk about that? No, it's... (laughs) <laughs> like I, I think we have a few of his movies. We have on the Phantom wheel. Thread. I like Daniel Day Lewis. I yep. didn't think it's. What's your favorite Daniel Day Lewis movie? There will be blood. Ooh, facts. Gangs of New York. I mean, the man has won. He has three Oscars. True. One of the few to have three Best Actor Oscars. Yeah. I I he also is. you know I'd and say he's been like I'd say like Al Pacino everything. and Robert De Niro have. A place in my heart as well but yeah of course yeah i'll go with bill murray um francis mcdormand's good awesome. too that's a good answer yeah yeah hopefully that answers the questions feel free to send us more questions on our instagram if you uh yeah want to as well s q f s yeah let's uh let's hop into the review i think of goodwill hunting yeah we're gonna take a quick break and then we're just gonna hop right into the review Okay, and we are back, hopping into the review of Goodwill Hunting, starting off with story and originality, which is out of 10. Yeah, uh, I think that this is a really great example of a character study. Um, You know, we've done a lot of them already, but I just think that the concept Mm -hmm. here is, is pretty interesting. You know, you got the this young adult who you know pretty much knows everything he's smarter than everyone he encounters and it's almost like Mm -hmm. a like a challenge for robin williams to kind of you know best him and make him uh like kind of outsmart him in a way but just really get him to realize you know his flaws and his inner uh insecurities uh, and I, I really like the way it 
yeah. plays out as you know you get to see Will's slowly slowly break down and then at the end you know he actually you know gets a job mm-hmm. and just just kind of realizes his potential and goes to see about his girl yeah exactly drives off across the country in his red rust bucket um driving off to afternoon delay <laughs> yeah exactly i think it's an interesting concept and it's definitely carried by the screenplay um mm-hmm. but you know it's not the craziest uh complex story out there um and i think that yeah. character studies in general you know they're not the most complex things not that they have to be uh but i i mean mm-hmm. the story is a bit on the simpler side but you know i don't know it's uh i think it's definitely a one of the more interesting and creative character studies we've done so far yeah definitely yeah i think the story is yeah it's really good it's uh really entertaining um and not even just our main characters but they've they do a really good job developing kind of all yeah. of the characters in this film. Mm-hmm. Um and even though it's not the most complex story, I don't I don't really think that's it doesn't need to yeah, be. No. It doesn't have to be complex. Not it's just all. it's just a it's we're focusing on this character. And for originality, it's actually a pretty original movie mm-hmm. because if we think at the time, you know, there wasn't many movies to come out before this to have this kind of storyline like since goodwill hunting there's been a lot of parodies and a lot of things kind of um homages to goodwill hunting but yeah. now uh at in 1997 when this film came out uh and 1992 when they started writing it i mean it's a pretty original film yeah um and yeah i just think it's it's a really good story that's captivating and you just you fall in love with all of the characters mm-hmm. that you're interacting with as you're watching this film. Um, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, same here. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Not quite perfection, um, but overall mm-hmm. it's a really interesting story, and I think it plays out super nicely, and you can tell that they spent a very long time uh, working out the kinks in this concept because it really is a great progression that will's character has um you know that's screenplay too but also the story um yeah yeah let's let's hop into beginning which is out of five percent uh i just want to note that the opening credits are very long not that that's taking any points away because i don't (laughs) count that but you know i just want to note that they are (laughs) they are and they're also (laughs) strangely like trippy like i don't know yeah, with the whole kaleidoscope yeah, effect. They were like, oh, shoot, mm-hmm. we just got this new kaleidoscope editing stuff we can do. Like, <laughs> let's throw that in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> but I think that in the opening five, ten minutes, the, the dialogue is super strong. Um, yeah. You know, just Matt Damon rolling with his with his boys. uh I think that mm-hmm. the it's it is just kind of a setup and setting up their relationships and you know you're just kind of watching them you know go to a bar or the batting cage and it it's very funny and really entertaining um you know it's not it's not necessarily action packed like having a bomb explode right away but I think it's a super funny entertaining yeah. great setup 
for the first five ten minutes, especially the uh, yeah the baseball um, scene was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and it it sets up our characters really nicely, and it gives us a fair bit of information in the first like fifteen minutes, and also uh, in like at like the ten minute mark, we have that kind of fight in the basketball court, yeah. which is like that's actually super fun. Pretty much the only you know reason will ever even meets sean or uh yeah 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 the professor mm-hmm. um yeah and i think uh, we've done a lot of films so far that we've given kind of average grades to for beginning because we're like it's mostly just set up but, but even though this is mostly just set up the first it's 15 funny. minutes it's fun and it's entertaining it's funny good dialogue strong performances yeah and it's it's even though it's just set up it's still pretty memorable i think so too. like when i went into watching this film again like the one i i remember the fight scene like that was something that i did remember before i went into this film so um and i mean i gave it a four know, out of five you know at times the fight scene's a little cheesy with the slow-mo but yeah i agree with you it's four yeah, out sure. of five um i think it's a mm-hmm. step above all the other setups you know it's it's just it's a it's a good relaxing you know getting you in the mood type of uh beginning so yeah let's move on to ending (laughs) um i think Mm -hmm. this is the most i've cried during one of the films so far you know not just in the last 10 minutes but wow i i mean i'm trying (laughs) to think like did i cry more during this or i don't know like yeah i'm i'm at place beyond the pines yeah place beyond the pines i i definitely got hit in the feels but i you know i'd say i probably cried more during this just during the uh it's not your fault scene i don't know it just kind of hits just hits hard and uh yeah it does i mean that's not exactly the last 10 minutes but i mean the last 10 minutes are incredible as well um i just love the closure that each each character gets um even if it's not necessarily the happiest of ending you know like ben affleck when he realizes that uh, Matt Damon is, you know, he got a better job and he's he's gone, it's it's bittersweet because, you know, that's their friend, but at the end of the day, that's what he wanted him to do. So I guess in that way that, you know, they're getting closure, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily happy, but I love that every character, you know, gets their ending. They All the side characters get to yeah. have an ending um yeah and i just love sure. driving mm-hmm. off that's true into the countryside with the final track and shot of the car <laughs> like good soundtrack it's mm-hmm. it's a good ending yeah yeah um it wraps it wraps up everything really nicely but it also doesn't wrap it up to the fact that it feels kind of cheesy you know it wraps everything up but also leaves yeah. stuff it's not like he gets open-ended. the girl and they, you know we they don't make know out and they drive off into yeah. the sunset it's like he's <laughs> we don't know if he gets the girl we we don't know and we don't know like uh how his life is going to be like did he quit his job or does he still have that job did he just go and leave it all and is it just going to start again like it's it's still very open-ended but all all of our characters have like a moment together like we have Stellan Skarsgård and Robin Williams have their little moment uh Sean and Will Robin Williams and Matt Damon have their moment uh and then Ben Affleck of course going up to the door and uh realizing he's not there like he said in his monologue that that was kind of he always uh, what he wants hopes that he's not there anymore yeah yeah 
So it's, it's, it's really nice. And I also like how it kind of strings together a lot of elements that we've seen throughout the film. Uh, like once again, Ben Affleck going to the door or also like, um, Matt Damon giving that, uh, letter to Robin Williams saying I had, I had to go see about a girl, like all that stuff. He's like, <laughs> you stole my line. I stole my line. Yeah. Like, that's the last line of the film. Love that. Um, I don't think it's a perfect ending. I no. think that, um, it is a lit. it is a little predictable. It's actually pretty, it's predictable, pretty predictable. If we think about it. And that's it. really the only thing that but, doesn't warrant a yeah. perfect score. But honestly, I don't think there's mm-hmm. a necessarily a better way they could have ended it. Sometimes predictable is just the right way to go. Um, yeah. I don't really, yeah, I don't really see how they could have improved it. But I'm still giving it a four percent out of five. It's a high four, but same four out of five. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a high four. Now, all right, let's let's we tackle are neck this. And neck right now. Screenplay slash dialogue. Whew. All right, um, let's do it's it. It's incredible, like. Yeah, it's. I would it's, say it's one of the best screenplays of all time. One hundred percent. I mean, the character progression it's, is just unreal. Um, every every yeah. single character yeah. is so well crafted. Um, even down to the mm-hmm. to even like you know, Ben Affleck's character is super well um, developed and crafted and. Just the interactions mm-hmm. everybody has with each other, um, it's 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 also it's also great. You know, all the dialogue is immaculate, and just the pacing in each scene too. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's given their ample time to progress. You know, Will spends his time um, kind of divided between the professor. Um, the therapist and his friends and his girlfriend and it just really lets you get attached to each character and keeps things you know fresh and entertaining because you're seeing him interact with different characters and progress each you know arc forward kind of like one at a time so you're not getting too much of one interaction and and it freshens it up again like I, i don't know it's it's just really, really great, and there's there's never really a dull scene. Totally, yeah, um, yeah. Ben, I mean Matt Damon started writing this uh, script when he was like eighteen, nineteen, like first year of university. He started writing it for uh, a project in his class, um, and he wrote the first act, and then he kind of put it away. And then a year later, he. Uh, him and Ben Affleck were living together and they, um, they just started writing this film and it's just so impressive that these guys were like 20 years old and they wrote this just masterpiece of a screenplay. Um, and they were able to, you know, get the attention of, um, Miramax and, and get this distributed and, and be able to act in their own film. Like that's crazy because most of the time when you write a script and then sell it to a production company, then they own it. And then it's kind of, that's it. But the fact that they were able to sell it and then, you know, be like the leading roles in their films. And it's awesome. And, um, yeah, it really is. And I, I like how this film, it's kind of written, uh, like a play, lots of monologues, lots of stories, um, lots of like one-on-one interaction, very dialogue heavy, but 
if you make a movie that's dialogue heavy, but every single line and monologue and story is just so captivating and brilliant and realistic, and it, if you're able to do that, then dialogue heavy is perfectly fine. Yeah. It's awesome it's in awesome. these cases because it's it's just it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. If you have a dialogue heavy film, and the dialogue is bad. Then no, no, it's gonna not gonna be a good movie. But this film is totally fine doing that, and I mean. I don't I don't even know. I I just think that this is a brilliant screenplay. I mean, yes, yes you can nitpick. I mean, yes there are moments that are predictable. Yes there are moments that maybe are slightly, you know, not perfect, but I think as far as screenplays go, this is definitely in my opinion the best uh best screenplay of any movie we've done so far. Yeah. I love it. Love I it so dare much. say for me, it even warrants. This, this is my first time doing this. I gave it the extra point. Um, Whoa! I gave it the nine percent just because I truly feel like this is a, a kind of a league above everything we've reviewed so far in terms of screenplay. I just think it stands out, mm-hmm. and I don't know if we'll ever get another film with a, a screenplay like this again. So I wanted to make sure it, uh, you know is obvious and stands out yeah from everything else we've done so i gave it the nine percent first time uh you know going over our threshold but you know since lucas does it i figured why can't i (laughs) (laughs) fair enough i did not do that for this one uh i i could have i don't know i just thought because i was nitpicking a little bit i wasn't gonna give it the extra i give an eight out of eight though and it's totally warranted of a nine out of eight too and it's just an amazing screenplay, man. Yeah. It's awesome. It won the Oscar. It won the Golden Globe. It won all of the awards that year. Exactly. And it deserved them 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, we, we, um, could, we could really gush over it all day, but it is, <laughs> you know, the, what really makes it great is how, you know, just realistic and kind of casual the whole thing feels. So I feel like we should uh, just, just kind of move on the soundtrack but i think that that is the screenplay definitely carries the whole film and is the reason why it is regarded as one of the best of all time Mm -hmm. okay let's hop into soundtrack i think the soundtrack is pretty good (laughs) i think yeah uh, it's it's pretty it's, it's got some some decent you know scoring elements uh although i think the highlight for me mm-hmm. would be the final song used as he drives off into the countryside um but i don't know there there wasn't really anything to wow me in terms of the soundtrack um yeah i i, I thought at times you know it was it was all it was pretty good but there are a lot of silent scenes in this film and just really subtle kind of ambient scoring elements uh i don't really yeah i mean you know the way we kind of have you know looked at this is would we listen to it again and i don't i don't Mm -hmm. think so (laughs) yeah yeah no i i mean it's an okay soundtrack i do like that it's very like acoustic folky it's kind of it has this very like small town vibe to it which i do like um very like acoustic guitar plain piano um but i don't know it's like it's 
it's not catchy it's not memorable in my opinion it just kind of um, sits in the background and lets the dialogue take the forefront um which i think it yeah definitely which is needs to yeah, do fine but you know it's not a mm-hmm. doesn't make for a awesome listen yeah um i also felt like it was a little bit melodramatic at times mm-hmm. Um, which is the case for many older films. The soundtrack is very, like, pushing the emotion. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't care for that too much. Um, I thought there were moments, and I, I actually think that the song selection in this film is pretty good. They have some, yeah, some really I agree. good, just, I think like, the song songs choices. are much better than the score. Mm-hmm. And this film uses uh, a lot of, like, practical music, which is it's kind of like practical lighting, but it's, like, if they walk into a room that's playing a radio yeah. or they walk the into a store especially. and it's playing on the speakers. Yeah, the bars. So that's kind of how they use, like, song choice in this film, and it, it, it works, and it's nice, and a lot of films don't do that. Um, but, yeah, as far as the actual score goes, um, not a huge fan. I gave it a 5 out of 7. Yeah, I also gave it a 5 out of 7. Um, I guess there's nothing um, that really stands out to wrong as me, but there's also nothing that really stands out as great. So, yeah, yeah 5 out of 7. Um, let's move on to production design, costumes, and set design as well, which is at a 6%. Um, I thought the production design mm-hmm. was pretty strong in this film. Uh, I like the costumes a lot. Um I, I just I, I also yeah. like the, the set decoration they did it, um the bars and I guess specifically Robin Williams uh yeah, like definitely. office or whatever you call a, a therapy mm-hmm. space. Um it's very detailed and uh you know, it just it looks the part and uh they got some nice comfy chairs, you know, it's it's it gives off good vibes. And I think Totally. That's kind of yeah. similar for the whole film. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think the costumes are pretty pretty decent, too. Um, I like Robin Williams' costume um, costumes, too, mostly, because they use this very... Um, they always have him wearing these very colorful golf shirts. Yeah. And then they, like, they match it with, like, very gray or brown... Um, cardigans and uh, trousers yeah and i like that i thought matt damon even though his costumes aren't crazy i do like the detail in them like having paint splatter on his jacket paint splatter on his pants um it's just those little details that kind of stand out um yeah and yeah as you said set decoration is really good in this film this film there's not a whole lot of production design a lot of it is uh location selection but um i i do think overall it's 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 pretty good and it's definitely this category is um getting the points mostly for set decoration and a bit of costume yeah um yeah i gave it a four out of six me too four out of six percent um yeah not much else to say for that but location selection which is our next category also at a six percent i think was a very strong element in this film. Um, obviously, they yeah. somewhat used the campus of MIT, but I just think that all the mm-hmm. locations are really well chosen. Um, and, you know, aside from 
the occasional, like, they just kind of jump some guys on a basketball court or they're, you know, watching a, a Little League game or something. I, I think a lot of the locations are really nice to look at, like the, say, the Swan Pond or the kind of the chess tables at Harvard where him and uh, Will and yeah. Skyler study. They got that nice green bokeh that just kind of makes everything very intimate. Love the green bokeh. Yes, that foliage. Um, and as well, all the classrooms too. Uh, even though I have absolutely no mm-hmm. clue what's going on with the math, uh, I just <laughs> I pretend to. I just it, you know it looks cool and the I like the campus vibes. Um, I also love all the bars they go to. Yeah, I think location selection is very strong in this film. Um, yeah, the bars, um, choosing bars with a lot of fluorescent lighting which is huge because this film uses a lot of depth of field, which I love. And um, especially in the bar scenes, you, you get a lot of like different colors that are uh, a lot of different colorful bokeh in the background, yeah. which is nice and beautiful. And um, yeah, all the parks they use are very nice. Uh, they show off kind of the city of Boston in a really uh, nice way. It's, I, I really like... The, how they they kind of use a lot of drone shots in this film to just show yeah, kind of the just nice establishing the shots. skyline and the city yeah um the one location i love is the the i guess it's a sky train that um matt damon's character takes like three times in this film it's awesome yeah and i don't know if that's a location selection or that's just what the trains look like that is just what the trains they look have like these like in boston yeah, but well, they have these hot red I mean, a, hot red seats. A lot of them are like underground, but yeah, I mean, you subway yeah. everywhere in Boston. Speaking from when I was in grade six yeah. is the last time I was in Boston. I was born in Boston, <laughs> for those who don't know. Um, yeah, you can like subway everywhere. Uh, the trains mm-hmm. do, in fact, look like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love that because you have that contrast of the hot red seats, and especially when he's riding at nighttime and you kind of have this like blue night sky yeah out the window as he's sitting there and that contrast between the hot red and the dark navy blue mm-hmm. it's beautiful um i also like the mit hallways that they use um especially where they have the math equation on the board because you have those nice wide shots where it's like this long long hall with no turns in sight it's yeah. just the hallway goes on forever and you have this long um fluorescent light like it's like it's like a bluish and just very one light, blue light, light that goes the, the whole length yeah goes the whole length of, and it's very like symmetrical and just looks very pleasing yeah um yeah so i i think location selection is pretty good i mean yes there are moments that are very just kind of basic like you said the basketball course slowly game some other just streets that they use but overall pretty solid I gave it a five out of six. I gave it a five as well. Uh, Lucas and I are just on the same wavelength. So, totally. yeah, with that being said, let's take a quick break and then hop into the second half of the review um, and we'll tally up our percentages. Awesome. Yo, we're back. Okay. Cinematography time. 
And then cinematography out of 10. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, okay. Let's be, let's be real here. <laughs> the cinematography is... Mm-hmm. It's, it's solid. And yes, there's some nice creamy foliage bokeh. Solid. But I just think overall... Watch like watching a ton of films from the modern era with very very crisp looks to it. I find that when we watch something, mm-hmm. you know, from kind of the pre like two thousand eight ish era, I don't know. Like the the look just isn't as um, contrasty. I guess is a word to use. Like yeah. like a film like I don't know, Enemy sure. is like has a lot of contrast, which gives it a very cinematic look. And obviously, I don't think yeah. I don't think that's what they should have done with this film. However, it just you know when you have a a film that uh, just kind of you know it has a it has a fair amount of wide shots as well, and it's just there's not a lot of contrast, so it 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 just looks more um, kind of indie in a way and less cinematic, which yeah. I, I don't know. I I think the cinematography yeah. is overall very good, but. I just think I've noticed that when we watch, you know, films from even like even say Atonement or Children of Men is less you know, crazy hyper contrasty than the the modern kinda niche is. Which I'm a big fan of that nice sure. contrasty look. Gusman Sant, the director of this film uh he he makes a lot of like very realistic movies like he focuses on realism filmmaking mm-hmm. um i was texting you about a movie i just watched recently um that he did called elephant um right uh, i was texting you about it he, that's also his film um and it's a very like realism yeah, movie yeah. um and I, I definitely see aspects. I feel like that film, as I was, it's a lot more stylistic than Goodwill Hunting. Um, very much like lots of long tracking shots in that film, and this film does have long takes, especially with Robin Williams' character. Um, like in the park, the park scene where they're on the bench, they let him kind of give his entire monologue, and it's all just one one shot. And the camera slowly backs up as he's giving his like four minute monologue, and slowly re- like brings matt damon into the frame yeah which is kind of a cool um cool stylistic thing um but it is pretty simple there isn't a whole lot of like experimental like stylized artsy stuff it's very just like wide shot medium close-up very hourglass formation kind of scenes um i do like the uh drone shots that they kind of put into this film a lot of like wide um high angled wide shots yeah uh which is cool i do think the framing is really good in this film though um it's actually pretty strong like they follow the rule of thirds really well in this film and everything kind of feels somewhat symmetrical in a weird way and it it just kind of works um the 16 by 9 aspect ratio definitely works for this film yeah i do wish that they had just like done a bit more camera movement though because i agree it's very static most of the time the only place is like that argument scene i was talking about at the start between skylar and will you get handheld but other than that it's very static and i would have liked even if it's just like a bit more pans a bit more tilts um just some like 
pushing the camera in, pulling it out, just a few more of that, just to make the cinematography a bit more interesting. Um, the one thing I did like about this film is how it kind of did not care about the one, 180 rule. That is actually um, true. I noticed that a lot as well. And, and I was noticing how they were playing with it. So especially in the therapy scenes, you would have the conversation be over one shoulder. And as the conversation is taking place, the camera would move from one shoulder over to the other shoulder in like one um, very swift movement. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we've transferred that scene from one side of the room to another side of the room, which I actually thought was really cool because I never thought about that before. Like, yeah, that's whenever cool. we filmed the scene or I filmed the scene like you, we always worry about the 180 scene. But what if we just did that nice camera movement? All of a sudden you're setting up that scene in yeah. the other I mean, side it's and a, it doesn't it, matter anymore like that's kind it's of... a technique that um you know i i definitely i definitely like knew you know obviously that you could do it but it's just kind of like it's a lot of work to pull off because <laughs> you i mean to just break mm-hmm. the 180 rule in general is you know it's a ballsy move and uh you know this this film took yeah. that little risk not that really it um it, it it doesn't really shake up the average viewer too much, but you know, for us, uh, no, for us film nerds, it's just a, just a nice thing. I really think they only did that for blocking reasons. Like, I really think it was purely just because the actors were working on this side or they're moving yeah. on that side. Yeah. So they're like to play with that. They just kind of did this. Yeah. Cool camera movement to swap it around. I thought it was pretty cool. I don't think cinematography is anything brilliant by any means but it's solid and it isn't bad and i think it's a little bit above average especially for a film in its time in the 90s um i gave it a 7 out of 10 yeah i also gave it a 7 out of 10 um yeah not not much else to say there so let's take it into editing which is at an 8 percent um yeah, I, I overall thought that the, the cuts between scenes, you know, scene transitions were clean. Um, you know, they do mm-hmm. use a fade transition once, which, you know, it's risky territory, <laughs> but I actually think that it was a really nice transition when they do use the fade. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, you mm-hmm. know, overall, I thought the the editing was, you know, pretty solid. They, they're, once again, not doing anything crazy here. Um and the co- yep. the color you know grade is is very simplistic as well but i thought the sound editing was i mean yeah i mean it's all just kind of doing what it needs to do and not really getting in the way of the performances and of the dialogue which is great um it just kind of fades into the background and it's really hard to notice which is actually a good thing when it comes to editing and uh yeah they just really let the actors do what they need to do and you know, they don't steal your attention away with quick cuts or anything like that. Um, I actually found that they didn't really cut to reaction shots as much as I thought they kind of were going to upon rewatching this. Yeah. Um, a lot of films that uh, are dialogue heavy, you know, they're, they're cutting to reaction shots a lot because, you know, you want to see what each character is thinking, but you know this this film is not afraid to hold on robin williams for like yeah like you said four minutes and just let him just Mm -hmm. let him go so i thought that was a nice choice it's very Mm -hmm. bold yeah 
Um, yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of great cuts in this film. Um, especially they use, um, some cuts to give like very comedic kind of senses. Yeah. Um, when they choose to reveal stuff, um, a good example is at the start of the movie, we have like Will and Chucky in the, in the batting cage and they're talking, they kind of get into a fight. Um, and it's very fun and funny. And then they do this like hard cut to the MIT acapella group singing. And it's like the contrast between the two different worlds Yeah, um, that both of our characters that we've been following are living in, Will and uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character, um, which is pretty funny. Um, I, I, once again, intercutting uh, Robin Williams' monologue about how he met his wife and then cutting that in between with the archived footage from the baseball game and how they were timing it out with his delivery to the announcers, uh, the commentators, yeah, uh, what he was saying in the footage, and like intercutting his um, reenactment of the baseball game to the actual players mm-hmm. uh, doing what he's talking about in the game. It's really strong uh, editing in that scene specifically. Uh, also, like, when Will is doing his job interview and he yeah, starts and telling them, like, back why he shouldn't have the job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah into uh, I'd, Sean's, say, um, I'd say, in my opinion, the, the funniest movie. cut would be um, Bill Skarsgård and Robin Williams are having an argument about Will. And then Bill Skarsgård says, oh, he's in a meeting right now. And then it, like, hard cuts to Ben <laughs> Affleck in the meeting, basically just trying to scam them <laughs> yeah. for money. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and also that scene is just yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it's just the little yes. things like and that. And also that scene was shot... I forgot that scene was shot in, like, one take. Which I don't know why they took it in one take, but... They just did. <laughs> it, and it's kind of funny. The, I love the, you know, the extras playing the, the business higher-ups faces. They're just like, this is yeah. the guy? Like, yeah, he's smart, but he needs 73 bucks. <laughs> like, it's, it's just a funny scene. And yeah, it's, it's just the little things like that that uh, kind of mm-hmm. keep this score a bit above average for me. Um, I gave it a 6% yeah. out of 8. Yep, same. 6 out of 8. And also, it's just really well-paced, this film. This film could have easily gotten very slow, and it doesn't. It keeps the pace mm-hmm. up really nicely. A lot of that is also screenplay, but it's also editing and it's also knowing when to have the pauses and when not to, when to have your moments of silence and when to just keep it going. And yeah, it's pretty strong. Six out of eight. There you go. Let's move on to acting. Acting, acting, acting. Um, man, this, I think pretty much every main character, I'm just going to, every main character, you know, all the main actors in this film give amazing performances for me, it's the standout yep. performance of Matt Damon's career, Robin Williams' career, and Ben Affleck's career. Um, and Minnie Driver. And, well, yeah, and her as well. Um, you know, Bill Skarsgård, too. I, I just think this is, you know, the pinnacle of all their careers, even though it's the start of Matt Damon's career. Um, for me, I guess it's between, like, this mm-hmm. and The Departed, maybe, for Matt Damon. Um but yeah, I'm not yeah, a really true. big Ben Affleck guy at all. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, in, mm-hmm. in this Me film, neither. he uh, he he really knocks it out of the park. He just gives that 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 Boston angst, and it's great. Um, <laughs> I you know you could argue yeah. uh, Argo or Gone Girl, but 
for me sure, for me it's totally. goodwill hunting uh for his best performance yeah I think I just yeah. think all the performances. I would argue are, Gone Girl, but yeah, Gone Girl is good, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think this film is um, his best. <laughs> I was watching this film and I, I wrote down. I think this is the uh, film with the least amount of eyebrow acting I have ever seen. <laughs> That's so true, and I hate eyebrow acting, um, which I talked about in one of our podcasts, but. This film I was watching, like, there was, like, ten minutes where I just stared at everyone's eyebrows. Huh. And they don't move. They don't. <laughs> they just stay still. Uh. They don't move at all. And it's crazy. It's even, like, the minor characters. Even the characters that, like, are clearly not, like, you know, big actors. They're very green. Their eyebrows don't move. Huh. And that's, like, huge because usually your supporting or minor actors aren't very good. And they, they do a lot of eyebrow acting to kind of mask yeah. that. And this film, wow. Like, that's impressive in itself. Um, and yeah, as you said, all of the performances are very strong. Three of them were nominated for Oscars. That would be Matt Damon, Robin Williams. Robin Williams won. And Minnie Driver was also nominated for Best Sporting Actress. Um, even Stellan Skarsgård as the professor. I really like him his chemistry with Matt Damon and like his argument scenes with Robin William, uh, he's able to keep up, which is, you know, some, not something you can, uh, easily do, especially with Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I mean, with Stone Skarsgård, he's the only actor that I think has had a better performance in the hunt for red October. But sure. I mean, just for everybody, I think they all give incredible performances, and I'm actually I'm actually really excited to see Stellan Skarsgård. I didn't know this, but he's going to be in a uh, Dune, the uh, really? upcoming nice. film by Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve, you know, with Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah, Stellan Skarsgård is going to be in that one. Um, you know, he's been on a bit of a break, I think, since maybe Pirates of the Caribbean, but. Um, girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think that this is the standout performance of so many of these actors' careers. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, just the chemistry they all have too. They they play off each other so well. Totally. In these scenes, that especially the four guys, especially the their, four like, guys, their friend group. Oh, like their chemistry is unreal, and every single scene with the four of them, it feels like just four guys hanging out like it felt like a lot of the conversations they were having are just like conversations i would have with my friends like it's just like stupid and unrelated to anything but it's it just it's stupid and they're all ganging up on one guy and it's just exactly how it goes down in real life (laughs) so so real um yeah yeah i mean i haven't given a perfect score yet uh and i think i gotta give it here um Totally. I think I got to give the ten percent for the first time because yeah, there's not a weak link in this whole film. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me too. Ten out of ten. My first ten out of ten for acting. Yep. Um, and it's totally deserving. Totally deserving. Yeah. There is no weak link. Ten even, out of ten. Even like the extra, like uh, I think his name is Tim, who's like the the bartender that they're asking like if he knows people. Like even yeah. even he gives like a good performance. Everybody gives a good performance in this film. Everyone is just solid or above exceptional. Especially just Robin Williams and Matt Damon. Every scene they're in together, 
and Matt Damon, uh, again, that argument scene he has with Skyler, and of course his breakdown with, um, uh, his breakdown at the end. I mean, this, uh, he, he was nominated for best actor. He lost against Jack Nicholson for as good as it gets. Um, uh, I, which is fair. I, mean, I get Yeah. It. Jack Nicholson's won too many times. Hasn't he won three Oscars as well? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I get that they want, and they give it Jack Nicholson, but I do think he could have, he could have won. I think he should Definitely, won. you could have competed there. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this yep. is just a legendary cast and I think it deserves the 10 out of 10. So, uh, with that being said, totally. let's move on to entertainment value out of 10%. I mean, this, this film holds up. I love it's extremely rewatchable. The pacing's immaculate. Yep. Um, totally. even though it's a longer film, it's just, it's captivating. And it's like, once again, like that person who asked that question, it could have been a very boring flat movie. Yeah. But for some reason, it's just madly entertaining. Like, this was my third time watching it. And yes, I hadn't watched it in, like, five years. But still, there wasn't a moment where I felt bored. I just sat there and enjoyed it and had fun. And I was laughing. I was hitting the feels. Hell, yeah. It's just an all-around film. It kind of catches every it, aspect of It made me laugh. Of it emotion. made me cry. You know? Yeah. Um... It's, it's, you know, it's a one-of-a-kind film. It really and is. I, I mean, it's not... It's not crazy entertaining because I mean yes, there's there's definitely slower moments, but even the slow moments, I, I didn't feel bored. I I still was captivated, and a lot of that is screenplay once again, yeah. and the riveting performances. But I mean, it's just an entertaining film, and you gotta give it credit for being this entertaining when it could have easily uh, gone the opposite way. For sure, and I think that a lot of it has to do with just how grounded the dialogue is that you know watching these mm-hmm. just these guys hang out or matt damon do, do whatever he's doing um it it's just it you know you're you're very invested in all the characters and i think it also has to do a lot of the order in which the scenes take place um it's almost like you know in order you'll have him hang out with his friends uh be with stellan skarsgård go to counseling and then you know hang out with his his girlfriend and and it's just this cycle so you're never getting too much of one relationship and it, it's just a perfect cycle because you know maybe you'll go 20 minutes without seeing mm-hmm. ben affleck and then ben affleck comes on screen and you're like hey it's ben affleck hey and then he says something funny <laughs> or something and then you're like ah oh, nice and then you know it goes back to robin williams and then you're you know you're serious again it's just this like roller coaster of emotions, right. and it, I don't know. There's just something about that dynamic that makes it super captivating. Totally. Yeah, I gave it a nine out of ten. Me too. I love this movie. Totally rewatchable. We have basically been tied for everything so far, except you gave the extra. Point I gave for, the extra um, point. Um, screenplay. Yeah, I. I get what I mean. But yeah, Matt, I think this is the closest we've ever been. Perhaps. I mean, we'll have to see. There's still one more category, and that's uh, overall that's technical achievement. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess my thoughts for overall technical achievement are, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. Um, it's definitely not the focus of this film, 
this this film actually didn't even have that large of a budget. I mean, when you have yeah. talent like Robin Williams, who at this point was already a pretty big actor, um, even Stellan Skarsgård, uh, coming off the hunt for Red October, was a pretty big name. You know, you don't have a lot of mm-hmm. money to really have a a very, you know, uh, I guess, Hollywood-style production. Um, but, you know, they really made it work with what they had, and the technical elements are really solid. Um, I don't necessarily think that stuff like the cinematography is um, amazing uh, or stand out, but it does what it has to do, which is basically just capture the conversations these characters are having and uh, really just as long as it doesn't distract you, it's doing what it needs to do. And even though it's, it's, it's solid, this is the category that I feel it's solid. There isn't any moments that I, I was like, I felt were bad or even like below average. Yeah. I thought everything worked and everything was fluid and there wasn't anything that took me out of the film. So that, that, that's great. Um, even though the cinematography wasn't, um, breathtaking by any means, I still think for a film that came out in 1997, um, it was still pretty like fairly inventive at the time. Once again, having some handheld scenes, having some just longer takes, letting the actors do the work. I mean, not a lot of films, especially like big Oscar films, like this one, which got nine nominations, did that. So, you know, I don't think it's spectacular or groundbreaking by any means, but because of how solid it is and just the fact that it it helps the movie just flow really nicely, and it's just fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a 13 out of 15. Uh, I gave it a 12% out of 15. Um, Dang. Yeah, so I, I mean, with that, I guess... We are exactly even. <laughs> uh, we will be exactly even. Because I gave the extra point for screenplay and uh, thought it was slightly worse off overall technically. Um, yeah, we'll take a quick break and then we'll let you know our final percentages and uh, spin the wheel for next week. Okay, and we are back, okay. and um, we've tallied up our for score. The first time, for the first time ever, we have the same overall percentage. Same you know, overall we've percentage. We've been close, but I mean, it kind of makes sense that this is the film that does it, because the, the, it's just undebatably really good. <laughs> totally. <laughs> There's, uh, it's, it's not very, it's not, it doesn't have a lot of subjective, revolutionary, experimental elements that one could argue is really good and one could argue is bad. It's just kind of there. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we both have an overall percentage of 85%. 85%. Our average is obviously 85%. And 85%. Well. <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah. Uh, well, just shy of an A. <laughs> <laughs> and when we average it out, obviously 85. Uh, the Place Beyond the Pines also had an 85%. But what we're going to do, we decided because... We're just going to look at the lowest score if we ever have ties like this. So for this, we both gave it an 85. The Place Beyond the Pines had a lowest been given an 81. So therefore, Goodwill Hunting is going to go into fourth place, and The Place Beyond the Pines is going down into fifth place. 
And that's just how we're going to deal yeah. with ties from now on. For sure. So, yeah, that was Good Will Hunting. It's a legendary film. Maybe not technically as strong as, you know, some of the, the films that have ranked higher. Um, but, I mean, it's just undeniably one of the greatest screenplays of all time. So I think yeah. it's deserving of its uh, score. Totally. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, let's spin the wheel for, for next week's episode and see what we get. I gotta pull it up man um, we've been getting some really diverse films which is nice it's uh it's been pretty pretty cool you know we've reviewed like recent academy award winning films like Parasite and Inglourious Bastards and then the oldies but goodies like Brazil and uh, this I think yeah Brazil and this are only pre-2000 films you got that you got that wheel pulled up I do. I got QuickTime Player. Let's uh, pull up screen recording. Turn up my volume. Okay. I am spinning in three, two, one, and we're spinning. Okay, we've landed on where the wild things are. Huh. Interesting. I have never seen this film before. <laughs> I think I saw it once in the theaters when I was like seven. <laughs> Is I... this by chance a kid's movie? <laughs> um, it's a really dark take on, you know, the book. You know the book, right? Yeah. Obviously. I know the book. I know the book. It's the same director who did Her. Okay. So... Oh, my God. Um, sorry, I was just shocked by the budget. Um, this is by far the biggest budget film we've done so far. Um, coming in with $115 million Whoa. as the budget. Uh. And it only made a hundred million at the box office, so Spike Jones, you have failed. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, you know this is an adapted screenplay. I I guess my guess would be because you know they have to animate this character while also having the live actor. Yeah, I honestly okay. don't remember anything about this film. I just remember it being dark, and I remember it also being very beautiful. Uh, It'll be interesting. This is our first uh, animated film, in a way. Um, Very CGI heavy. Yeah. Um, All right. I've got the plot description here off of Google. All right. Okay. It is Max runs away from home wearing his wolf costume and mentally travels to an imaginary world where a forest inhabited, inhabited... by ferocious wild creatures crown him as their ruler um yeah i mean it, it's a based off a children's book so i'm imagining it's a somewhat of a a kid's movie uh it is starring max records katherine keener and mark ruffalo as well as uh lauren ambrose um and katherine o'hara it's a mm. uh, it, you know, it's the biggest budget film we've done so far. Uh, I've never seen it, but 
I'm looking forward to this. We'll see if the child actor holds up to its, uh, <laughs> oh no, to the reputation. <laughs> Watch out! Uh, it'll this will be interesting. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Make cool. sure you guys watch it. It is on Prime Video. Prime Video, so, nice. Uh, if you guys have Prime Video, you can watch this. Um. Yeah, and we'll see you next week for our review of Where the Wild Things Are. Okay, great. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Slightly Qualified Film Students. Make sure to tune in next week for a new film discussion and review. Our theme song is Slightly Sexy by Thompson Springs. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a like. Send us feedback and comments as well as your thoughts on the film. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at S underscore Q underscore F underscore S. If you would like to send us a question or a comment for next week's episode, you can email us at sqfilmstudents at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.